1: Life's so full on. I've been working on this deck for ages. These steaks don't cook themselves, you know. Life's good with a Trex deck. Composite decking made from 95% recycled materials that won't rot, stain, or fade. Trex, the world's number one decking brand. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. P's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Big talk, big opinions, the panel. Talk, talk, talk to me, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, panelist morning is uh, Jimmy Kay's, of course, uh, a noted rugby writer and producer of Sky TV's Breakdown at the moment and uh, Pat McKendry who is the Herald columnist and uh, noted rugby writer as well and also... Uh, on boxing and just before we get started fella, uh, fellas I just have to clarify one point I, I made a point about uh, Mac herowini and Ron Rangi I didn't mean to uh, imply that they weren't all blacks because of course they were in the le- uh, mid to late 60s but they were teammates alongside Tiroi uh, Tatarangi who of course uh, played and uh, Phil Tatarangi has just told us he regarded as the unluckiest man being his dad not to wear the all black jersey which I guess uh, gives us a, a good way to to join in here, uh, Jimmy Kays, if you had to think of one player off the top of your head who was the unluckiest not to to be an All Black in your time, who who would it be? Good morning.
0: Oh, good morning. I always think of Dwayne Monkley because I played at Fraser Tech at the time when Dwayne was in his pomp and, and, and he was such a terrific open side flanker. Um, so, you know, he's an easy one. And then I was always mightily impressed by Jared Cunningham, uh, who played for the for the Hurricanes in Hawke's Bay. Mm. Uh, so those are two, if I have to pick two, sort of quickly, you know, Dwayne, there, there was a lot of controversy around Dwayne, wasn't there? At the time, not making the All Blacks and other people getting picked ahead of him, as there always is with All Blacks selections. Um, but he was a terrific oversight flanker for Fraser Tech and for Waikato, and, you know, he wouldn't have done that black jersey any, any harm at all.
1: Well, actually, Jimmy, as you well know, the Dwayne Monkley Award is awarded to the best and fairest and most honest uh, and best uh, performed player... Um, And the NPC these days, uh, so the Dwayne Monkley trophy sort of epitomises that kind of level of rugby and um, that's how they reward it these days. Uh, Good morning to you, Pat, as well. Have you got an unlucky player that that differs from Jim or are you pretty much on the same wavelength?
0: G'day, Smithy. G'day, Jim. Uh, I'm going to go slightly further back in time and uh, slightly further south in terms of geography of New Zealand. I'm going to Canterbury. Uh, being a a proud red and black man myself. Um, Don Hayes, the um, Canterbury Mm -hmm. captain for about 10 years in the late 70s and most of the 80s, uh, a very, very good loose forward. Um, Very unlucky to be an All Black as recognised by most aficionados back in the day. Um, I guess he was a little bit unlucky in that uh, there were some fairly handy guys running around like A.J. Wetton, uh, Vinzan Brooke, Buck Shelford, those sorts of guys. Um, but certainly Don Hayes, a um, bit of a legend from, from way back.
1: Okay. And, and um, a terrific,
0: sorry, somebody, yeah. but can we all say, like, you had a terrific loose fortune, and who was the number eight? Uh, who who were the other Lucy? So there was Jock Hobbs, Don Hayes, and another yep. bloke who went and coached Tucopa in, in, in New Plymouth. Oh, good question, Jim. Uh, I can't think of, it off the top yeah, of my there head. There was another one, and he was a terrific player as well. Because Don Hayes was more a blindside, wasn't he? He was, yeah, yeah, a blindside. He was short he number a eight. Enough, right? he, had a sh- he had a, yeah, short number eight who was, who was bloody, who was really good. Oh well. Anyway, sorry, Smithy, hijacking your show as I always do. <laughs> no, it's
1: good. I was just about to pop the, t- just about to pop the top off a couple of beers and let's get into it. Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, Jimmy, um, look, here's, a, here's a, a bit of a, well, I'm, I'm, I am looking forward, I always look, look forward to the All Blacks playing uh, any time, any time of the day or night, any time of the week or uh, whenever, but I'm sort of cringing a wee bit at the thought of this weekend, here they are going to the uh, United States, uh, I guess as a part of a promotion to promote international rugby there, but this could get ugly, and I'm not sure that's going to be good.
0: It could get very ugly, and, uh, and I agree with you, it won't be good. Look, we need to look at these games for what they are, which is promotional games. There's no way uh, that the USA have got any chance, really, of beating the All Blacks, particularly in light of the fact that they've just lost to Uruguay and now have to beat Chile to, to get into the, into the Rugby World Cup. Um, there's no other way to describe it, really, than as a promotional game. And, and I think if we look at it in that light as a promotional game and we we kind of forget, and also, and we need to be honest about these things too. It's a money-making venture by New Zealand Rugby. Now, there is no disgrace in that. They need to make money. They're a commercial entity, and they need to make money. Um, and we seem to sort of tiptoe around this when New Zealand Rugby seems to tiptoe around this when actually they shouldn't, because they have to make money. And one of the ways that they're going to make money is by playing this game. And, and you know, good on them.
1: What's your take? What's your take on it, Pat? Uh, I'm look. I'm seriously looking yeah. at three figures here on their current form, the USA, yeah. and the fact that we're going to have a side who are desperately keen to make a point. Some of them.
0: That's right. It's a shame, isn't it? Because normally in Test week there's a sort of a, a, a buzz of anticipation, isn't there? Uh, but there's nothing like that. Certainly, uh, from me, in my opinion, um, there's nothing. It's just going to be a, a, a basically a, an extended sort of um, training run. Um, Mm. Promotion, yes Now you have to think Do the All Blacks have a responsibility To promote the game? Yes they do Um, A constant high or overachiever uh, In terms of New Zealand's uh, Place in the game Yes we have a a, a responsibility to promote the game In in the USA and other places Um, But let's be real As Jim mentioned, it's about making money It's about opening or attempting to open up New markets for money Um, because I think, um, yes, we have a a responsibility to to spread spread the game, promote the game, but I think we we probably have a responsibility to do that in the islands as well, don't we? The Pacific Islands. And I Mm. think New Zealand rugby has has been woeful in this regard. Uh, Really um, a a, a real sort of flaw of the organisation to basically ignore ignore the Pacific Islands for as long as they have... um, and to go elsewhere just purely for financial gain. Had a lot of people coming. Problem, though, with, yeah. The the problem is they don't make any money out of playing a game in RPR or Suva or, or Nukuʻalofa. Agree. Or no. Agree. It, you know, and that's why they don't yes. go there. It's, um, you're right. There, you know, there is a real. There, there should be a sense of. I don't know. Shame, really, at New Zealand rugby that they don't do that. They don't send the All Blacks to, to the Pacific more often. You know, I mean, it's all very well to roll out Fiji and Tonga here when New Zealand lead games, uh, and Italy can't That's play. Right. So we we dial up our mates over in the in Pacific and get them to come and play a couple of games. But where's the home and away thing? Where's where's going to you know that game of 2015 in Arpia was magnificent and it tested the All Blacks because it was 30 degrees and they weren't used to that sort of heat. And and it was really Richie McCaw that took the game by the scruff of the neck and made sure that the All Blacks won with a little bit of, of, of um, a margin. You know, it should That's be right. happening all the time, me. Patrick's dead right. It should be happening all the and, time. And, and everyone everyone there in up here that afternoon will remember it for the rest of their lives. It was it was incredible. Oh, and um, really, really, it should happen more
1: often. Mm. I'm just uh, racking my brains here, fellas, and I, I totally agree with you about this uh Canterbury number 8. We've had five or six people immediately text in and say, is, is it Dale Atkins, Dale is that your man? Yeah, he, he was
0: phenomenal off the back of the scrum. I can remember, so we, Auckland, uh, won the, won the Ramphrey Shield in 85 and had to defend it a year or so later. Dale Atkins coming off the back of the scrum, close to the try line and I was sitting on the terrace of Smithy, I was a young fella sitting on the terrace, absolutely terrified that this unstoppable force off the back of the Canterbury scrum was going to win the Ramphrey Shield back. But thankfully, Zinni and Michael, or yeah. those sorts of guys, uh, did bring him down. But he was a tremendous loose forward. He should have been an All Black too.
1: Could okay. well have been. Well, yeah, uh, yeah, 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 he's on the list. Uh, he's certainly on the list. And believe it or not, nine people texted, and that's how keen they are to listen to you two. Nine people. Uh, maybe that's uh, an indication. Maybe it's an indication no, of, of, of how many people how many people want to help you out. Uh, we're going to take. I've got we're a big family, mate. Uh, They're all on the line. <laughs> yeah, me too uh, We're going to take a short break for the news uh, Guys, uh, Jim Kay's Patrick McKendrick When we come back um, Perhaps a, a little tribute to, to Sean Wainui Who we sadly lost yesterday uh, And a couple of boxing issues too For you to talk about uh, Pat as well, so uh, news with Trudy And then we'll be back with the panel Big talk, big opinions The panel talk, talk, talk to me, yeah. Okay, we've got uh, Jim Kayes and Patrick McKendry with us uh, talking uh, rugby at the moment. We'll stay on that theme uh, and uh, also uh, of interest this weekend in the game and and moving forward, I guess, uh, All Blacks trying to make their point. Uh, Jimmy, uh, any places up for grabs uh, following the loss to the the Springboks? Who are the players you perhaps will be looking at? We don't know the finalised team yet, but players you're looking at to to maybe make their mark in this one-sided game?
0: Uh, Well, I think we're going to see the return of some of the guys that have been uh, back in New Zealand. So uh, Coles and Whitelock and Kane and those sorts of things. I'll be really interested in Sam Kane's uh, performance. He seems to be one of those guys that plays better the higher he goes up. Um, And and we all know that there's lots of those guys around. And then, look, as the tour uh, unfolds, there's some serious competition within the loose forwards. Dalton Papali's been superb. We know Arie Saveria's strengths. Uh, I really like the cut of uh, Luke Jacobson's uh, jib, and and then you know you've also got Hoskins Satutu and Akira Uwani. Mean, who who's the best loose board trio? It used to be really easy to pick, wasn't it? You know, uh, Joan Kano, Richie McCaw, uh, and Kieran Reid. And, and and now I couldn't tell you who the best who the best of those three is. So for me, as a as a as an old slow Lucy, that's that's where I'll be looking.
1: Okay, uh, Jim Case, uh, Jim uh, Patrick McKendry here with us, Patrick, a uh, boxing aficionado as well. Uh, news coming through yesterday that David Nika has uh, decided to go uh, ag- again with his amateur career, go on towards uh, the Commonwealth Games, which is interesting when a pro, a pro career must be very close to his thinking. Uh, and also the announcement too that he's, he's going to be on the park at Chisora Undercard. Mm-hmm
0: that's right it might it might be a bit confusing um for listeners um this uh, this sort of dabbling in both the pro game and the and the amateur game in terms of the commonwealth games but um under the, the regulations now you can have i think it's five or fewer professional fights and still qualify for the olympics or commonwealth games so that's what uh david Naika is doing that's why he's over in the uk at the moment training uh to be on uh, Joseph Parker's undercard in December for that fight, uh, for Joseph's fight against Derek Chisora. And, I mean, what a, what a place to be and, and learn for, for David, um, being in, in Joe's camp. Joe's currently in Morecambe in the north of England, um, hanging out mm-hmm. almost daily with Tyson Fury, by the sounds of things. So just an incredible opportunity for a promising young man to learn his craft and excel. Um, he, he really probably couldn't be in a better place at the moment.
1: I saw a photo actually, uh, Pat, uh, yesterday, I think it was on Facebook or social media anyway, of, of the of the group supporting Tyson Fury, I think it was just post the fight. And man, how tall is he? I mean, Joseph Parker's a big man. He's a, he's a big unit. Uh, Tyson Fury's brother is a big unit. Tyson Fury is absolutely enormous. I mean, most men couldn't reach his damn chin. No,
0: he's, a, he's an absolute giant. He's... Uh, Two meters six. I think he was about 125 k for that for his last fight against Wilder. Um, My 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 young son's ten, and he's he's a big basketball fan, and he he reckons that Tyson's the same height as LeBron James, which gives you an idea about the the size of the bloke. So yeah, I mean, what what a what a fearsome prospect to get into the ring against a guy like that. Just just yeah, I mean, it'd be incredible.
1: And that brings me to another thing. Um, before we get to Sean Wainui, how about, um, Jimmy, how about Sean Marks standing tall on behalf of uh, COVID and behalf of standing up to a, a very, very high profile NBA player and saying, Mate, I don't care how good you are, there's bigger issues than that. Uh, and I, I was pretty proud of, of Sean Marks being a, a Kiwi man doing great things in the NBA.
0: Yeah, fantastic. Uh, uh, Kyrie Ir- Irving is the guy that he uh, said, you're not going to play, you're not going to train unless you uh, have been vaccinated against uh, COVID-19. It's in line with the New York uh, City policy. I think it's fantastic. And, you know, it will be really interesting um, as the borders open up to see all the anti-vaxxers rushing to get their vaccination so they can take their holidays at Bali and places like that. Um, but here's a guy who... You know, could have easily played him, could have easily just said, look, you know, we'll make an exception for this man because he's a superstar. But no, nope. uh, if, it's, if it's one rule for one, then it's one rule for all. And, yeah, as you say, very proud to see a Kiwi taking a very strong stance.
1: Well, Pat, um, before we go, uh, very sad news coming through yesterday um, uh, on uh, Sean Wainui, tragically uh, taken from uh, his whanau, and his friends, of course, his rugby colleagues in a horrific car accident. Um, your, your very quick memories of him?
0: Um, <clears throat> I remember, uh, you know, when he started playing super rugby at the Crusaders, uh, and obviously he went on to the Chiefs, but, um, yeah, what a fantastic player. Um, a very powerful young man, wasn't he, on the field, and I guess that uh, he remembers in that off the field as well, especially, I guess... What struck me um, most recently was his his, his immersion into Tereo and you know he, he he could do virtually a, a, a full post-match interview in, in Teo, which was very impressive and and it showed um, I guess his commitment to his roots and um, his pride in his heritage, which um, I think it all added up to a young man with a lot of mana and a lot of power and very very sad time for his for his family and friends.
1: Yeah, Jimmy, I'll I'll leave the last word to you. I know you guys did a terrific tribute to him. Um, you know, very quickly uh, had to pull it together for a breakdown. Um, man, the, it, this all has rocked a lot of people, and um, it's no wonder why when you you find about the out about the qualities of the young man.
0: Yeah, and it's I'm pleased you touched on last night because when I looked at the the montage that they put together to close the breakdown last night, the crew that we have there, very talented crew. Uh, there are two things that came through for me about Sean Wainui. One was the joy uh, that he had in the game and in his and in his teammates, and and that he brought to the game. And the other was the pride that he had not only in the Chiefs, but as Pat has touched on uh, in, in New Zealand and the New Zealand Maori team, and in his Maori his Maoriness, his Maori them. Uh, so those are the two things that I sort of took from last night's tribute. Uh, you know that joy and that pride and. Um, you know, that's a that's a wonderful, I think, uh, tribute to a young man, joy and pride.
1: Yeah, great tributes, uh, fellas, and they'll go on during the week, and obviously there'll be uh, moments of silence at uh, the forthcoming rugby games around the country as people pay tribute. Thank you so much uh, to Jim Case for Pat uh, McKendry as well coming in on the panel this morning. We'll have another one, um, and uh, hopefully we'll be able to reflect some slightly happier times at this time tomorrow uh, when... The panel reunites, Uh, I'm not quite sure who they'll be tomorrow, but uh, we'll find some subjects to talk about.